Hello, residents. My name is Zach Olson. I'm joined today by Maddie Watts, and thank you for downloading this month's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Pearson Rabbits Insurance, my personal independent life and disability insurance agent. We will talk more about Pearson Rabbits later in this episode. Now let's get into it. Today is round number five of Maddie's game. Maddie will need to perform today's case in real ABEM oral boards format. She has 15 minutes to complete the full case. She does not know what the case is ahead of time. If Maddie hits all of the critical actions that I've listed out beforehand, she wins. If she doesn't, or if she performs a dangerous action, I win. These cases were created by me. They're not derived from actual ABEM cases that I had, and they are not real patients. Maddie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. Maddie, take out a piece of paper and a pencil. Place the paper sideways in front of you. Outline a human body on the left side of it and let me know when you are ready. I'm ready. All right. Dr. Watts, this will be a single patient encounter. You will have 15 minutes to complete the case. Before we begin, do you have any questions? Nope. All right, let's begin. I'm starting the timer. Dr. Watts, you are working at Clerkship General when EMS rolls in with an apparent drug overdose. Friends called from the patient's house when they found her unresponsive in the bathroom uh, for an unknown period of time, and EMS administered Narcan, and the patient woke up, and they confirmed that there is some drug paraphernalia on scene, and here they are. All right. Let's walk in the room, and what do I see when I first walk in? Um, you see a young female. And she is agitated, and she's saying, "Ah, oh, my leg, my leg, my leg." Okay. Um, and is EMS still there? Yes. All right. So let's see if we're able to get the patient onto the bed and onto the monitors. EMS, if you'll stay in the room for report, we just want to get everybody kind of organized. And, ma'am, I'm Dr. Watts. I'm here to take care of you. Can you scoot over to the bed for us? Oh, my leg. Ah. What happened to your leg, ma'am? It hurts. What'd you do to it? Did you have an injury? I don't know. It hurts. The pain. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get you um, moved over so we can take a closer look at it, okay? Give me something for my leg. I want to take a look at it before I give you any pain medication, but then I'm happy to give you something, okay? Thank you. Can we get some opening vital signs? Sure. Her heart rate is 89. Her respiratory rate is 20. Her blood pressure is 120 over 80. And her O2 saturation is 100%. All right. Um, and EMS, you can go ahead and give report. Um, yeah. Hey, Dr. Watts. Uh, good. Good morning. We basically got a call for a patient that uh, was unconscious. The friends had called. They had found her in the bathroom. They don't know how long she was in there, but uh, we saw her. Her pupils were pinpoint. We gave her some Narcan, and a minute or so later, she woke up. Um, we did see some, some drug stuff there. Um, friends say that she does use drugs. Okay. Any signs of trauma when you initially found her? Any blood anywhere? Um, a big... Um, Knots on the head or anything like that? Um, we did not. There was no blood on scene. She was kind of sitting in the corner, just kind of slouched. Okay. And friends, um, it sounds like they found her, so they don't remember seeing any trauma or anything like that? Uh, yeah, they didn't really offer too much. Okay. 
Um, all right. Well, thanks so much. We appreciate it. And we'll get the rest of the history from the patient. Perfect. Can we go? Yep. You guys are good. Thank you. All right. Hi, ma'am. Like I said, I'm Dr. Watts. Um, I know your leg is hurting and I'm happy to help you with that, but I just need to get a little more history from you. So what's the last thing you remember today before you got brought to the emergency department? I don't know. Just get me something for my leg. Okay. Um, briefly, do you have any allergies to medications? Um, yes, I am allergic to NSAIDs. Okay. Um, and do you take any medications regularly? No. Okay. Do you have any chronic medical problems? Um, I have one kidney. That's why I can't take NSAIDs. Okay. Good to know. Um, have you had any surgeries other than removing your kidney? Nope. And have you ever been hospitalized? No. Get me something for my leg, please. Okay. Um, can I finish examining you and then I will, I promise I'll put something in quickly. If you promise. Okay. Um, so I will start with a head to toe exam. Can I look at the pupils? Are they equal reactive? What size are they? Um, yeah, they're about two millimeters, but they do react. Okay. They're equal. Um, it, any obvious head trauma? Um, no head trauma. Okay. Um, heart sounds normal. Yep. No murmurs, regular rate and rhythm. Okay. Are lungs clear? They are clear. And I have bilateral lung sounds. Bilateral. Okay. Um, is abdomen soft, non-tender? Yes. Um, soft, non-tender. There's no guarding. There's no rigidity. Okay. And just because I feel like you might throw this in there, is it a gravid abdomen? <laughs> I would do that. And no, it is not gravid. <laughs> okay. I was sitting there and I was thinking, ah, I should have made her pregnant. I was literally just thinking that. <laughs> but no, it's not. It's not. Sorry. Okay. Back into my mode. Um, okay. And then do I have equal pulses in um, radial pulses and pedal pulses? Um, yes, you have normal radial and pedal pulses. Okay. Um, does patient have full painless range of motion of both of her upper extremities? Yep. Okay. Um, and which foot is hurting her? Which leg? Uh, she's holding her left leg. Okay. Does she have full painless range of motion of her right leg? Um, yeah, she doesn't guard against range of motion. Okay. Is she able to move all of her extremities on her own? Um, yes. Okay. Um, and then where is she holding her left leg? What is um, hurting her knee, ankle, shin? Like her, her distal leg, like past the knee. Okay. Um, does she have any obvious deformity? Um, no deformity. Okay. Um, and then does she have any um, effusion of her knee? There's no effusion of the knee. Okay. Any tenderness of palpation over the patella, the fibular head, the joint line? No bony tenderness. Okay. Um, does she have any calf tenderness, swelling, or redness? Um, yes, the calf is tender and swollen. Okay. Um, and then any obvious deformity of the ankle? Um, there's no deformity of the ankle. Can she range her ankle completely? Um, yeah, I mean, she says it hurts her leg. Okay. Um, and does she have good DP and PT pulses? She has good pulses. Okay. Okay. Um, 
When did you first no- start noticing that your leg was hurting you? I don't remember. I just pain, the pain. <laughs> okay. And have you ever had any blood clots? No. Okay. Um, are you on any blood thinner medications? You said you don't take medications. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Um, what did you take today? It, it sounds like you were taking some um, opioids. Is that correct? Uh, maybe. And I will tell you if you get me something for the pain. Okay. Any alcohol or anything else on board right now? Um, well, no. I mean, sometimes I drink alcohol. I haven't had any today. Sometimes I use marijuana and I smoke tobacco, but not today. Okay. All right. Um, so I can see that you're uncomfortable. Um, so let's see what we can get you for pain. Um, if there's allergy to NSAIDs, um, we can do some Tylenol, um, and then... We could do um, maybe gabapentin. I don't really want to give more opioids um, where we are right now. So let's do a thousand of Tylenol and a hundred milligrams of gabapentin. Thank you so much for treating my pain. Um, okay. So um, I'm sorry. I think I just asked this, but when did you first start noticing your leg pain? It was when I woke up. When you woke up. Okay. Um, any recent surgeries? No. Okay. Any recent long flights, long car rides? Nope. Okay. Do you take uh, oral contraceptive pills, like birth control no. pills? No. Nope. Okay. Um, okay. And um, is there any chance you could be pregnant? Uh, no chance. Okay. Well, um, any history of cancer? Nope. Um, with the one kidney, were you just born with one kidney or what happened there? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, do you have a primary care doctor that you see? Nope. Okay. Um, all right. So let's go ahead. And then also, are you having any fevers? Um, no. Recent illnesses? Nope. Uh, chest pain? Nope. Shortness of breath? Nope. Okay. Um, any belly pain or vomiting? Nope. Okay. All right. So um, let's go ahead and get some initial workup. I do want to get an EKG um, and might be a little bit scarred from the QT last time, but that's okay. <laughs> um, we can also get a BMP because I want to look at her creatinine with her one kidney. Um, and then... Um, Let's, ma'am, have you had anything to eat or drink in the last several hours? Um, no. Okay. Let's go ahead and uh, get an IV and give her a liter of fluids. I just want to make sure we keep that one kidney nice and perfused. Um, and then let's get a, an ultrasound of the left lower extremity um, to look for DVT. Um, it sounds like there's no bony tenderness, effusion, um, and doesn't sound like a trauma history, but without actually being able to see the joint, I can't really tell if it sounds like something I would image. Um, her tenderness is all in her calf. It's not anywhere else. Yes. It's, uh, her calf is tender. Okay. Can I palpate her tibia, um, all the way up and there's no palpable deformity or bruising, anything like that? There is no bruising or deformity. Okay. 
All right, let's start with a DVT ultrasound, and then I'd also like to get a urine pregnancy test as well. Okay. Um, let's see here. So we got some stuff back. The EKG is normal. Um, I will send you an x-ray. And then, let's see. You wanted a BMP. Um, yes. Sodium, potassium, chloride, bicarb, BUN. Well, bicarb normal. Her creats 2.0. Her BUN is 37. Um, the x-ray is sent. Let me know if you can open it. Okay, so I'm looking at her x-ray, and I do not see any obvious fracture or dislocation of the near ankle joint. So that looks good. No soft tissue findings that I can tell. Her ultrasound is negative for DVT. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, in that case, um, I probably should have gotten a CBC initially, but um, I'd like to do that because this could also be a cellulitis and want to see if she has a leukocytosis. Um, and, okay. Um, CBC is normal. CBC is normal. All right. Um, so, we gave the liter of fluids. Is that right? Um. I don't recall that, but yes, one liter can be given. Okay. Just because she clearly has an AKI here, so I want to make sure that we're hydrating her. Um, And um, I want to go back and talk to her um, a little bit more, um, let her know that I don't see any signs that there's a blood clot there in her leg, but I'm worried that there may be some infection of the skin. Um, Has she ever had any infections of her skin before? Um, she has no history of infections. She denies fevers. Okay. The leg is Um, not red. Okay. When she uses drugs, does she inject drugs? Um, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. In that case, um, I would like to draw some blood cultures, um, Given that she has IV drug use, she could have um, occult bacteremia, even though she's not febrile, so I would like to do that. Um, Let's repeat some vital signs as well, Um, and yeah, we'll start with that. Vital signs continue to be normal. Blood cultures are drawn. Patient is complaining of severe pain over her calf. Okay. Okay. So I'm getting a little suspicious now with the degree of the pain that she's having, especially without fevers, that this could be something more sinister, like a necrotizing fasciitis. Um, She has not had a fever. Yeah. Well, saying like if this was really severe cellulitis, she would probably have more systemic symptoms. But I'm a little bit worried about necrotizing fasciitis. I didn't see any gas on the x-ray. It sounds like the ultrasound was normal um there's no redness crepitus okay. or warmth on the skin mm. interesting okay um all right and then she's having more severe pain um excruciating pain okay hmm. um 
And she still has good pulses on that side. Um, yeah, they're there. Okay. Are they good? <laughs> um, like they're good, strong pulses? Maybe starting to slightly diminish. Okay. Hmm. Um, but they're present. Okay. Yeah, this is making me a little suspicious. Um, we could do an ABI. Um, but I don't think she has any history of PAD. She's relatively young. Um, hmm. Ooh, this is tough. The patient uh, requests that you take another look at her severely painful leg. Okay, let me take another look at her severely painful leg. What do I see? Um, it, uh, it, it looks swollen past the knee. She's tender over the calf. Um, excruciating pain, slightly diminished pulse in the foot. Okay. Um, do her compartments feel soft? Um, no, they're rock hard. Okay. In that case, I, do I have orthopedic surgery here? Yes. Okay. I would like to give them a call because I'm concerned about compartment syndrome. Um, so I would like them to come to bedside very urgently. All right. They are on the phone. Hey, this is orthopedic surgery. Hey, um, this is Dr. Watts in the ED. I have a um, young female patient who um, was found down after some opioid use, and she um, is complaining of severe pain in her left leg, and her compartments um, in her calf are very hard to the touch. Um, so I'm concerned about compartment syndrome, um, and I'd like to have you guys come down and evaluate. No obvious fracture or injury there. Um of note, she does have one kidney and a little bit of an AKI, just so you guys are aware. All right. We will come down and see her, and uh, we're out of time. That ends your case. Whew. All right. <clears throat> Good job. Before we go through how you did, I would like to thank our sponsor for the month, Pearson Rabbits Insurance. Stephanie Pearson at Pearson Rabbits is my personal disability and life insurance agent. Stephanie Pearson was a practicing OBGYN who got injured at work during a delivery gone bad. It was completely unexpected, and she assumed that between her group policy and workman's comp that she would be financially covered. But it unfortunately wasn't that simple because of lots and lots of fine print that she didn't understand up front. This is why you need your own personal policy that you buy on your terms, a personal policy that you are the one that owns it, that covers you in case you can't do the occupation that you train for. And this is when this is why when you decide to buy your disability insurance policy, ideally as early as possible in residency, you need an independent agent who can work on your behalf, coach you, explain the differences between all the different options that you have, and because to you they're going to look the same. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until you get diagnosed with a chronic illness or you get injured or your family has some genetic disease that pops up. You will never be as healthy as you are right now. Don't learn lessons the hard way. Go to www.pearsonravits.com, fill out the contact info, and have a meeting with her team to get all of your questions about disability insurance answered. All right. Back to our case. All right, Maddie. Um, let's go through. What do you think you did well and on what did we not do well? Yeah, ooh, that was a tough one. Um, I don't think I did the best job of considering a very broad differential up front. I feel like I was basically thinking about fracture versus DVT and then was like, oh, cellulitis, oh, neck bash, oh, compartment syndrome. So I got there, but I think I would have done a more 
uh, I would have gotten through the case quicker if I had started with a really broad differential. So I think I could have worked on that. Um, and I think unlike last time, I made sure to ask about allergies and meds and history up front, even though the patient was kind of agitated. So I think that was good. Um, but yeah, that was a, a tricky one. Yeah, so definitely tricky. So you actually did really well because this is a hard case, especially early on in residency because you haven't seen it yet. Once you see it once, you'll never forget it. But when you, since you don't have it like locked in your head, it's like five things down the differential, so it's a tricky one. The goal of this case was to um, try to make sure you didn't pull a mic. I mean, that's really what we were going for to make sure that you and you you're exactly right. You got her there. She was obviously in distress. I was writing out all the things you did. Um, you got her monitor. You got your vitals. I don't know if you ever actually asked for a temperature on her. Be careful with that. I hid that from oh, you. It was normal. No, I did. Um, but that's – I don't know if they would do that on the actual test, but I know they did that at my program just to make sure that we were – making sure we noted every vital. It was like a way they taught us to do that. Yeah. You did a good job of – Talking with EMS, taking history from an additional historian, letting them know when they can leave. So all of that was very good. Um, you did your full history and exam. Um, you you checked all, you know, you went head to toe on exam. You did your full history. So you really covered all of your bases. So that was the goal. You did not pull a mic. So that is that is excellent. Um, the only where spot where we got kind of tripped up was on the actual diagnosis of what was going on in the leg. So this is an easy one. This will be one that you won't forget now. Um, so let's see. Have you ever seen a case of compartment syndrome? I have not actually. So this is very good. Yeah. So do you remember from med school some of the th like the signs, the symptoms, that kind of thing, the exam findings on a patient with compartment syndrome? Um, so yes, I believe this is where you're looking for all of your P's. So, um, the pulses are going to be the last thing to go, but you can think about pain. You can think about, um, the poikilothermia, um, I think, which is like a little bit cool to the touch, but I can't remember actually if that's for PAD or for, um, compartment syndrome, but in general, you have very tense compartments, um, and, Patients have very severe, significant pain, and as it progresses, you can have some, like, paresthesias, you can have cool extremity, reduced pulses, but all of those things are things that you hope you find the diagnosis before that happens. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, well, so the thing that's last is usually the pulse, um, so you can't really rely on that. Uh, the the coolness of the leg. I what I'm curious. So how did you get to the infection? Like down the infection thing. I don't, I don't know if I said something, but like the leg was definitely not like warm. She was. How did you kind of start thinking infection? I'm curious. I think I thought you said erythematous, and maybe you didn't. All right, but... audience, you'll have to listen back and let me know. Because <laughs> if I did, In I'm so head... sorry. Because that is not that is not what I would have. That is I think not I what also... I would have said. I went down the DVT path so fast, and then I just – it had been a little while since you'd given me the history, but in my head, DVT is also erythematous. So I was like, oh, cellulitis, but maybe you never I'm said I'm wondering erythema. if something like that is what happened. Again, people – you can listen back. If I said something that said it's like red or warm or something, because that would not be accurate. And so if okay. I did, then it's – this is on me. And, um, but I'm wondering if it was like you were thinking DVT, so you kind of like – that was that – because was, uh, you kept saying that. I was like, no <laughs> – 
I know. I was like about to send her home on antibiotics. That would have been bad. Um, I'm like, I'm not sure what I said. Maybe I misspoke something. So I'm going to be very clear. <laughs> there's, no, yes. there's not really an infection here. Because you're exactly right. So the pulse is the last thing to go. The first thing that you see, so the most sensitive finding, is going to be a severe pain. So there's certain things... Oh, I have to be careful what I say because all patients come in saying that they're in severe pain and 10 out of 10 pain and stuff. But like really like this kind of pain out of proportion would be the way, you know, so there's certain pain out of proportion is like a buzzword for certain emergency medicine diagnoses. So Yeah, like, and I thought about uh, um, necrotizing fasciitis with that. Neck fasci was I- a great thought. Yep. And it, I, you know, neck fasci probably initially isn't even necessarily read. There's a lot of cases where people get injured or something. This very well could have been a neck fasci case. I think that's a totally appropriate thing to put on your differential. I thought that was very smart. Um, neck fasci would be one of them. Mesenteric ischemia is one. And then uh, compartment syndrome is one. Just like this, this real severe pain out of proportion. Um, I'm sure there's others and people can can write in or whatever. If, I'm sure there's other ones off the top of my head that I'm forgetting. Sorry, I was going to say the interesting thing is I actually did have a patient that had compartment syndrome in the past who um, had had their leg hung off the bed and also was intoxicated at the time. And so I should have thought of this, but it just didn't honestly crossed my mind until the very end. The case, I've only had one case of this as an attending and the compartment was noticeably tense. Um, I'm sure depending on the compartment, like if there's like a deep, like some of the compartments probably it's harder to feel. So you could probably get thrown off. I would be my guess, but this was like not subtle. Uh, It definitely felt hard. Like I was like, this is compartment syndrome. Uh Uh-oh. You know, like it was not so – but like that severe pain out of proportion. Another thing that they'll talk about is like pain with passive range of motion of the ankle. Um, So like Mm -hmm. passive flexion, extension, that kind of stuff, depending on the compartment, uh, will will cause worsening of that pain. So this is like a risk management thing. They always say – I frequently will document in like extremity pain or extremity injuries that the compartments are soft. Um, sometimes I'll write if there's, you know, pain with passive range of motion or not, but I'll at least mention that the the compartments are soft. The leg, uh, will start to feel cool. You can get paresthesia. So yeah, you, you know all about it. It was just a matter of working, working your way there. I would say neck fascia is a totally appropriate other thing that I didn't even have in my head necessarily. It's a good thought that this totally could have been a neck fascia case too. And especially with the drug use history, um, any idea why this patient would have gotten compartment syndrome? Um, well, that's what I was thinking about with um, if she was laying in, in a way that she was cutting off circulation and there's like venous pooling. Um, exactly. That is mm-hmm. what happened. My patient actually was describing this to me, the one that had had this in the past. Um, and he had been told it was like a wild case, but it can happen. So I should have thought of that. Yeah, it's actually, I think... I've seen several, I've, I've heard of several cases of a similar thing. Um, so that would, it was probably from the position that she was laying in or something. And then the compartment syndrome. Um, and then the only other thing I kind of had like a, like an expert level built into this case too, kind of like the third year, like, you know, when you nail the compartment syndrome diagnosis in the future, there was kind of a second piece. So does anything come to mind with the solitary kidney and the elevated creatinine and the compartment syndrome? Anything in there, kind of, anything else you would have liked to check, maybe, other diagnosis to consider? Yeah, I should have thought of rhabdo and getting a CK, and it actually did cross my mind briefly, and then I just dismissed it, because I was like, why would she have so much of an AKI from just dehydration? Hmm. 
maybe it's Rabdo. Nah. And then I kept going. Um, so yeah. And, and that would be kind of the, the additional spin on this case. If you nail the diagnosis up front, then it would have been, can you figure out the rhabdo piece of it too? So definitely a difficult case. Um, again, these are designed to torment you, but also to make you stronger. And I hope that this is a case that you, you never forget. Yeah, it was a great one. Any other thoughts, questions about the case? I don't think so. How is residency going? Because you told me before we started recording that you just started your first like full emergency medicine month. And so I think everyone's really excited to hear about what that's like, especially since they're sitting there as med students, um, you know, yeah. kind of what your experience has been. Yeah. So I was telling Zach, we have our first month in the emergency department. All the interns are there, but we have reduced shift load because we're doing some orientation lectures as well. And then I went off service for a while. So this is my first true EM month. Um, and I was describing it as humbling. Um, it's both really cool to see the breadth and depth of things that we get to do as emergency physicians, but it's also can be overwhelming when you're an intern. And I mean, in the span of a couple of shifts, I am seeing a patient, a child born at 24 weeks, people on these chemotherapy treatments I've never heard of, transplant patients. I'm sewing up a leg in one room and then treating um, a pregnant woman in another room. I mean, it's just the breath is insane, which is fun and exciting, but there's definitely a huge learning curve. So I'm realizing just how much I still have to learn in my next three years. But no, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. It's so fun. <laughs> it's the best. It's the only thing that ever kept my attention in med school. It's just like the that variety is the best part of it. And you're right, it is humbling. And it's still humbling, even as an attending. I've had shifts, like even cases this week where I'm like, man, uh, you know, it's just, it's a humbling job. But it's because you deal with so much random stuff. Anyways. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you're doing great. Uh, you're, you've come a long way on these cases compared to when you first started too, just with like your organization and like the way you're already starting to think through and you're coordinating EMS and you're doing your history. The way you're starting to process is really, um, I would not lose too much sleep over this case because it's just a matter of seeing a few of these diagnoses, which is what residency is for. And then, um, you would have, I think you already knew about the rhabdo. I mean, you'll knock this case out on the actual test in a few years. So, um, Anyways, that's about it, everybody. I uh, appreciate you all tuning in. Join us for this month's mid-month. Um, I'm going to do – we're not going to talk about compartment syndrome. I'm going to do like a New Year's thing. So it could be fun or you could make – maybe you think that that's lame and you want something clinical and then don't listen. Um, but we're going to do like a New Year's resolution type stuff. It's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Send us emails, maddie at emclerkship.com, zach at emclerkship.com, um, and then – Obviously, Mike at emclerkship.com as well. We hope he's doing well. And until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.